Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I like it. Yes, indeed, it is time for Sounds Like Radio. I am your humble host, always here, ready to go with music and an episode of The Great Gildersleeve. Now, today in The Great Gildersleeve history, it is currently February 6th of 1952 and today well guilty is definitely going to have his share of problems it comes from listening to floyd munson Ooh, well I, let me remind you floyd munson is the barber yes in gildersleeve land floyd cuts the hair and he had a suggestion for gildersleeve when he was complaining about not having a secretary he said what about my wife lovey yeah. Lovey, well, Gildersleeve thought about it and thought, well, maybe, maybe she'd work out. And, and Floyd, he bragged about Lovey being so efficient at work and working in the telephone company. Well, Gildersleeve decides to, to give Lovey a chance. Well, I'm afraid the great Gildersleeve is about to make himself a mistake. Oh, no. Everybody... Everybody, though, makes a mistake once in a while. I can't recall the last time I ever made a mistake. I don't think I've ever made a mistake, but everybody makes mistakes sometimes. Here's Lacey J. Dalton. She knows about that. Take it, Lacey J. Ooh, this comes from a 45 I bought back in the 1980s. I really like this song, and I, I think you will, too. Here is Lacey J. Dalton. Everybody makes 
Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody takes and takes. Everybody makes mistakes. Oh, yeah. Well, it happens, you know. It can happen. Fortunately, it's never happened to me. <laughs> I'm just... I guess I'm just talented that way. I, I never make a mistake. Eh? Yeah. Well, let me think so anyway I can think it. Uh, yeah. I hate when reality interrupts my beautiful thoughts. <laughs> yeah, Lazy J. Dalton and I bought that song many, many years ago, back in the 1980s. I got it as a 45. It was on a country radio station. They played it a lot, and I got hooked on it. I still like it a lot. It just has a certain sound to it. When you're listening, it's like, yeah, great song. Lacey J. Dalton. Now, I hope the great Gildersleeve is not making a mistake. You think it's possible he's making a mistake, possibly by hiring Lovey, Lovey Munson? Yeah. Now, you know, Lovey Munson isn't often featured on the show. You don't often hear from her. Once in a while, she shows up at a, a party that Gildersleeve is throwing, like for Halloween or something. But mainly, Lovey Munson isn't heard. Well, today is Lovey's big moment. Yes, she gets to shine all of her Lovey Munson-ness. And she's got a lot of Lovey Munson-ness to, sh <laughs> to shine. Well, here she is, you know. Yeah, Bing Crosby, he, he like, kind of likes the situation, but he realizes that Floyd Munson actually might be painting the clouds with sunshine. Yeah, he's trying to put a positive light on his wife, Lovey. He's painting them clouds with sunshine just like Bing Crosby knows all about. Take it, Bing! Oh, that's the, the Bing background singers. When I pretend I'm gay, I never feel that way. I'm only painting the clouds with sunshine. When I hold back a tear just to make a smile appear, I'm only painting the clouds with sunshine. Painting the blues, beautiful hues, colored with gold and old rose. Playing the clown, trying to drown all of my woes. Though things may not look bright, they'll all turn out all right. If I keep painting the clouds with sunshine. Keep painting the clouds with sunshine Painting the blues, beautiful hues Colored with gold and old rose Playing the clouds, trying to drown all of my woes 
Though things may not look bright, they'll all turn out all right. If I keep painting the clouds with sunshine, hey, they're just paint of the clouds. Just keep painting the clouds. Yes, I'll keep painting the clouds. Paint them with sunshine. Oh. Big finish from Bing. He's painting them clouds with sunshine, and that's not such a bad idea, especially when you're trying to <laughs> paint lovey in a positive frame of mind, like like Lloyd Munson's trying to do. Well, Lloyd may be trying to to paint his wife lovey and positively, so Gil sleep or higher. But there's one guy here who always has a positive attitude, and that's what I like about him. Now on these here cold days it's always good to start the day with a nice warm breakfast yeah oh my i'm jimmy dean and uh i wish i could tell you how i feel about a morning like this and that includes a good hearty breakfast you need something to kind of warm the whole body up and get it going mm. it's a great way to kick off your day oh yeah you said it jimmy dean a great way to kick off the day yeah, you know, I've been, uh, I was eating them Jimmy Dean uh, breakfast bowls for quite a while, at least a year or two or three. Yeah, they were good. I liked them, but I don't like them recently. Why is that? Well, I think due to the, the Biden administration, they've had to kick back on all the ingredients that cost a bit of money, like eggs, for instance. Eggs. Now, I've noticed those Breakfast bowls from Jimmy Dean have very few eggs in them. What they do have a lot of is potatoes. Oh, a lot of potatoes. And I don't like buying breakfasts that feature nothing but potatoes with a maybe a little bit of egg in there. And a tiny bit of, well, a fair amount of bacon, I have to admit. And uh, some cheese. But, man, it is mainly potatoes. I, I just got tired of eating all these potatoes for breakfast. So... I've stopped buying them breakfast bowls. I'm sorry to tell you, Jimmy Dean, you got to put them eggs back in them bowls and I'll buy them again. But what I've been doing, though, recently is I, I've been going back to nature. Yes, I've been making breakfast the hard way. Yeah, myself. I buy eggs. Mm -hmm. I, I, I buy some cheese. I like the pepper jack cheese. Or uh, Have you ever tried eating a horseradish cheese? Yeah, that's good, too. I like that. Yeah, I put a little cheese on top of them scrambled eggs. Add some salt and pepper and some onion flakes with parsley and uh, what else? Oh, garlic powder. I put it all in them eggs as I'm cooking them. Then when they get near done, I... I throw on a slice of that cheese. First off, I start by making the bacon. Yeah, bacon's got to come first to grease the pot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm telling you, those bacon and eggs breakfasts with some uh, toast and orange marmalade. Oh, it's delicious. I love it. I'm starting to get hooked on my own cooking. Sorry, Jimmy. I, I don't mean to to uh, leave you like that. But, man, you got to get them eggs back in them bowls. Well, anyway, that's the way I've solved the problem. But Jimmy Dean has a problem he'd like to solve. It's the day I jumped from Uncle Harvey's plane. You think Jimmy Dean did? No, I think he's telling a story. Here is Jimmy Dean and a little story for you. Me and Oliver and Virgil was down at the drugstore killing time when my eye fell upon this magazine. 
And I got to reading this article about skydiving and parachutes, and I said, jumping out of airplane, that's a thing. Now, being raised out on a farm and always ready for adventure, I knew that I could figure out a way. Well, uh, Delmer Gill's got a parachute, Uncle Harvey's got a plane, so I said, call the boys together, today's the day. Now, I found out too late that what Uncle Harvey called an airplane wasn't really nothing but an engine and a wing. And I could feel my fear rising as Delmer packed up my parachute, but he kept on telling me, oh, you're doing the right thing. Ron McLaughlin shook my hand and he strapped me in the harness and Tilden brought a jug to pass around. Well, I took one look at that parachute and the whiskey in that airplane and I turned that bottle up and drank it down. Oh, I was drunker than Cooter Jones when they poured me in the plane and that old engine coughed and we headed for the clouds. Boy, I was sober as a judge when Harvey opened up that door, and I ain't never heard my heart beat quite so loud. I said, Harvey, I can't do it, but he kicked me out the door. But I wrapped my hands around the landing gear. And I was holding on pretty good, and Harvey stomped on my fingers, and Virgil said he heard me scream from way down there. and Delmer Gill when that parachute finally opened and I said well hell there ain't no use to be afraid then I went crashing through the hen house scattering chickens and breaking eggs and I kissed the ground and fainted dead away now friends I fought some battles I've been shot at once or twice and I damn near got run over by a train but in my whole barn put togethers I ain't never been as scared as the day I jumped from Uncle Harvey's plane. Oh, that sounds rough. Jumping from Uncle Harvey's plane. Woo! Jimmy Dean, I gotta take my hats off to you. You jump from a plane? Yeah, it's more than I would ever do. Uh-uh. No, I don't even like the thought of falling through the air like that. I, I didn't like the thought of falling off my kitchen counter. About a month or two ago, and that was bad enough, much less falling from a plane. Oh, oh, I'm always covered from that fall off the kitchen counter, but the, uh-uh, I ain't going to volunteer to jump from a plane. But Jimmy Dean did. He jumped from Uncle Harvey's plane. Yeah, I hope he landed all right. <laughs> he needs to make more breakfasts for me, and he needs to start making them with more eggs. Yeah. That's what I tell Jimmy Dean to do. I I advise him, put more eggs in them breakfast bowls. Until then, I'm going to make my own breakfast. Uh, now, I'll still have them breakfast biscuits. They're good. Or them breakfast croissants. I love them. They're hard to find, though, with the Jimmy Dean people. Uh, but they are delicious with bacon, egg, and cheese. Oh, that's my favorite. Well, anyway... I have them when, you know, when it's an emergency outside and I got to get somewhere fast and I don't have time to make my regular bacon and eggs, I'll take one of them biscuits. Yeah, put them in the microwave and they're ready in about three minutes or less. Well, now, uh, that's a good thing to do and uh, Gildersleeve, he's hiring this gal, uh, Lovey Munson, and Lovey says, oh, this is nice work if you can get it. Ooh, she's kind of like Billie Holiday. Here is Billie Holiday. Billie Holiday. 
Ooh, sounds jazzy. Holding hands at midnight Neath the starry sky Nice work if you can get it And you can get it if you try Strolling with the one boy Sighing side to side Nice work if you can get it And you can get it if you try Just imagine someone Waiting at the cottage door Where two hearts become one Who could ask for anything more Loving one who loves you And then taking that vow Nice work if you can get it And if you get it Won't you tell me how Just gotta tell Billy Holiday how to do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nice work if you can get it, says Billy Holiday, and she's telling that to, to uh, Gildersleeve because he's thinking about hiring uh, little Munson there. Mrs. Munson, what's her name? Lovey. That's it. Lovey. 
Yeah, I don't know how that's going to work out. We'll find out in today's Great Gildersleeve just how that works out, whether Gildersleeve has made a mistake or not. But you know what? If it, things do work out, I think Gildersleeve would say, I'll gladly make the same mistake again. That's if things work out with Lovey. That's what Dean Martin says, and he's here to say it right now. Here is Dean Martin. I'll gladly make the same mistake again. There'll be lots of tears plus unhappy years And you'll add my heart to your souvenirs Loving you's my mistake But I'd gladly make the same mistake again I'll be on the town acting like a clown So they won't suspect that you turn it down Loving you's my mistake But I'd gladly make the same mistake again I've loved for you That's the kind of love that never ever ceases Break my heart in two Or break it into a million little pieces Every piece you find has you on its mind If you doubt that I'm the Forgiven kind All you have to say is when And I'll gladly make the same mistake again Yes, I'll gladly make the same mistake again not afraid to make the same mistake again huh. yeah that's better mr engineer i like that we just heard that other one before so you know i don't like hearing the same background music two times in a row <laughs> no yeah, dean martin gladly make the same mistake again just like gildersley will say if lovey munson works out let's find out from february 6 1952 let's listen now to the Great Gildersleeve. The Kraft Foods Company presents Willard Waterman as the Great Gildersleeve. The Great 
Gildersleeve is brought to you, partially transcribed, by the Kraft Foods Company. Kraft, makers of the one and only Miracle Whip salad dressing. Miracle Whip tastes so good, it's become the most popular salad dressing ever created. Try it. Make your salads better tasting with the one and only Miracle Whip. We don't know whether it's due to the genius of the great Gildersleeve or to Summerfield's rapid growth, but the fact is the water department is flooded with business, which keeps the water commissioner on the go from early morning till late at night. Now it's early morning again. Can't you wait for your second cup of coffee, Mr. Gildersleeve? No, thank you, Bertie. I have to be on the move. I'm late at the office now. Yes, sir. You want to drink your coffee on your way out and leave the cup in the mailbox again? I'll bring it back. No, Bertie. Why don't you take the cup to town with you and mail it back? All right, Leroy. Now, where's my coat? I'll get your hat, Unky. Thank you, Marjorie. I'll hold it, girl. That's the spirit, Bertie. Here's your chapeau. Chapeau? Oh, hat. <laughs> it's too bad you don't even have time to enjoy your breakfast. Yeah, it was my own fault. I worked so late last night, I just overslept. Doors open! Coming, Bertie. Unky, you didn't shave this morning. I know. And I'll try to find a few minutes later this morning and run down to Floyd's Barbershop. Well, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, Anki. So long, Marge. i got to get to school. Leroy, I'll drop you by. I'll walk. I'm in a hurry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a hurry, too. Come along. Miss me. we get home for lunch? No, Bertie, I'll grab a candy bar. Get one for me, Anki. We'll see. Anki, you forgot your briefcase. Details. Leroy, will you run back and get my briefcase? Okay, you hold my books. All right. Eight books. Your walking library. Nobody hasn't opened any of them. Oop. They're slipping. They would fall under the car. Got it. Here's your briefcase, huh? What happened? I dropped your arithmetic. I wish I could drop arithmetic that easy. <laughs> yes, yes. Climb in the car. Gosh, the seats are cold. Why did you leave the car outside, Unc? Last night I was too tired to put it in the garage. I should have walked. Not yet, Bertie. I knew I should have walked. Gone old car. Leroy, don't antagonize it. Leroy, I know what to do. Good for you, Mr. I can't hear you, Bertie. I said good for you, you got started. Can't hear her. I'll have to turn it off. <laughs> what is it, Bertie? I said good for you, you got it started. Yo, <laughs> No wonder I'm behind at the office. I can't even get there. I'm in luck. Nobody in the barber shop. I can get a quick shave and get back to work. Hello, Floyd. Hi, Commish. Come in. Am I next for a shave, Floyd? Well, I wasn't planning to shave the broom. <laughs> Hop up in a chair. I thought you may have had an appointment, Floyd. Ah, oh, you're the first customer I had today. Business a little slow? Yeah, but I like it this way. 
Gives me a chance to read and think. Yeah, is that what you've been doing all morning? Well, I've been reading. Yes, yes. And I've been doing some thinking, too. I've been thinking I might sell the barber shop. Sell the shop? Sure, I got a standing offer. Just ain't standing high enough. But I may take it. I ain't proud. Floyd, you're not serious. On a level, Commission. Since that fancy shop opened across the street, my income ain't up to my outgo. <laughs> That's too bad. Yeah, competition's pretty tough. He's got six chairs and a bucking bronco. Bucking bronco? Yeah, wooden horse to set the kids on while he gives them a hoppy haircut. <laughs> oh, yes, I've seen it. He even put in a television set. Drove the barbers crazy trying to cut hair during a tennis match. But it brought in the business. <laughs> Floyd, I'm sorry to hear things aren't so good. Ah, well, I ain't worried. My wife, Lovey, has been wanting to take a job. She likes to eat lunches downtown. Has your wife ever worked, Floyd? Yeah, she used to work for the telephone company. I like to kid her about how I took her away from Alexander Graham Bell. <laughs> Operator, was she? Yeah. First time I talked to her, she gave me a wrong number. <laughs> well, let's hurry it up, Floyd. I have a pile of work waiting for me at the office. I'll have you out in a jiffy. I... Say, I was just thinking, Kamish. Anything Lovey could do down there? Down where, Floyd? At the water department. The kids are whiz at addressing envelopes, putting on stamps, stuff like that. Well, I need somebody, Floyd. She but... can run an adding machine. You want to see her punch them buttons. She uses all her fingers. I mainly need somebody to do odd jobs, answer the phones. That's for Lovey, the telephone. When she worked for the company, she was elected Miss Number Please of 1935. How about it, Kamish? Well, I suppose I could use her. Hey, that's swell. You won't regret it, Kamish. She's really deficient. <laughs> You're fine, Floyd. Send Lovey down in the morning. Sure, that's what I need. A little help at the office. And I'll help him Floyd and Lovey, too. It makes me feel good. Say, before I go back to the office, I think I'll stop in at Peavy's for that candy box. Hello, Peavy. Well, Mr. Gildersleeve. <laughs> what can I do for you this morning? Hey, Peavy, I'm so busy at the office, I won't get out for lunch, so I'd better buy a candy box. Oh, yeah, well. I, uh, have some new ones. Do you want a sludgy-pudgy or a nudgy-mudgy? <laughs> well... Hey, which one smells so good? It, the ham. A ham bar, Peavy? No, no, the baked ham on the sandwich counter. Say, it looks good. Make me a combination sandwich with some of that, Peavy. You mean ham between candy bars? <laughs> no, Peavy. Combination ham and cheese. It's a little early, but I'll eat it now so I won't have to waste time unwrapping candy bars at the office. Yeah, I'm thinking of ways to save time, Peavy. My, my. My office is bursting at the seams. Reports, estimates, expansion plans, new subdivisions. Everybody's looking to me for water. Are you really that busy, or are you just gilding the water, Lily? <laughs> You're right, Pete. I'm actually busy this time. In fact, I just hired Floyd's wife. How's that? Floyd's wife. You know, what's her name? Oh, you mean the lady who's known as Lovey? That's right, Lovey. You must be busy. 
Uh, here's your sandwich, Mr. Gildersleeve. Uh, thanks. Yeah, I just had to get help somewhere. What do you think about my hiring Lovey? Well, after you've hired her, it's hardly the time you think about it. What do you mean, Petey? Mr. Gildersleeve, I never thought it a good idea to hire the wife of a friend. What's wrong with that? We have plenty of jobs around town if Mrs. Munson wants to work. Why shouldn't she work for me? Well, what do you say to the wife of a friend if she's late to work in the morning? What do I say? What does your friend say to you when his wife works overtime and can't get home to fix his dinner? Well... Uh, he'll say more than that. <laughs> you get this situation is different, Petey. Yes, it always is. Floyd's having trouble making ends meet since that new shop moved in across the street. Mm, yes. Lovey was going to work someplace. I figure I'm doing a good turn. Mm, yes. And I need help at the department, so work-wise and friendship-wise. It's probably the smartest move I ever made. Mm, yes. <laughs> oh, posh. You'll see, Petey. Peavy was all wrong yesterday. Nothing wrong with hiring the wife of a friend, especially a good friend like Floyd. He's a fine fellow, down to earth. Of course, from what I know of Lovey, she's a little on the gabby side. Oh, well, I'll keep her busy. Yeah, nearly nine o'clock. Hope she comes to work on time. Yeah, I'll show Peavy. Where's my office key? Say, door's unlocked. Boo! Lovey! Yeah, I mean, Mrs. Munson. <laughs> Did I scare you, Mr. Gildersleeve? You jumped a foot. <laughs> well, I didn't expect you to jump at me from behind the door. Hi, Commish. Floyd! <laughs> My wife's a great little kid, huh? Well, how'd you two get in? I dollied the janitor into giving me the key. Oh. Come on in. Make yourself at home, Commish. <laughs> Look who's talking with his feet propped on my desk. I'm not opening the barber shop till 9.30, so I thought I'd drop the little woman by. Oh, you sure got us well off of Chief. Chief? Uh, don't you like Chief? Well, why don't you be ritzy? Call him Mr. Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve. No, Floyd. I got it. I'll call you like us girls used to call the boss at the phone company by his initial. From now on, you're T.P. T.P.? Oh, my goodness. Here, Commish, take your chair and tell Lovey what to do and where to go. I may have to. <laughs> oh, sure is nice of you to put me on the payroll, T.P. When Floydie came home last night and told me, you could have knocked me over with a feather. Yeah, she didn't believe it. The water department, she says. Are you kidding, she says. And when we came to the office this morning, I still thought he was kidding. Is this really the water department, T.P.? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Well, where's all the pipes? Well, the pipes and things are underground. The water doesn't run through the office. Yeah, that's lovey for you, Commish. She takes everything literary. It's one of her idiosyncrasies. <laughs> idiosyncrasies? Yep. You can explain all this stuff to me as we go along, T.P. I can't on quick. Yes, well... Did you ever run a telephone switchboard? No, Oh, but... you ought to see Lovey at a switchboard. She can light that thing up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> Me, I wouldn't get near one. Yes, like well... fighting an octopus. Well, we have a lot of work to do, Mrs. Munson. I guess you're the one to do it. 
Now, if you'll come over here, I'll explain the operation of the billing machine. Oh, I could have had a job at Hogan Brothers in the kitchenware. But I told him I saw enough pots and pans at home. That's what I like about being in water. It's so clean. <laughs> oh, brother. Now, Mrs. Munson, about the billing machine. Yeah, lovey, pay attention. Another thing I don't like about these big department stores is punching them time clocks. That's adulterated nuisance, T.P. Oh, well, apparently a time clock isn't necessary in your case. You were prompt this morning. You should have seen us getting out of the house. We was flying. Now, about the billing machine. Yeah, I was so anxious to get down here on time, I didn't get a chance to eat breakfast. Now that I've checked in, how about me going out for coffee and donuts? Yeah, coffee and... Well, I guess the billing machine can wait. Sure. Come on, lovey. Let's see. I'll be back in a jiffy, T.P. Oh, by the way, I know the T stands for Throckmorton, but I don't know what the P stands for. Yeah, I know. Pigeon. <laughs> Great Gildersleeve will be back in just a minute. One of the easiest ways you'll find to brighten up any meal is to serve a colorful, tempting salad. Here's a wonderful fruit salad that's made with pineapple and peach slices. For each serving, place a drained pineapple slice on a bed of crispy lettuce. Then on the pineapple, arrange four well-drained slices of peach in pinwheel style and top it all off with a spoonful of Miracle Whip salad dressing and a maraschino cherry. There, it's pretty, it's easy, and you can be sure it'll taste especially good thanks to Miracle Whip. Treat your family to colorful, tempting salads often. And to make them better tasting, make them with Miracle Whip salad dressing. Remember, there's only one Miracle Whip, and it's made only by Kraft. Well, let's get back to the great Gildersleeve. Yesterday, under pressure of work and out of sympathy for his friend Floyd the Barber, the water commissioner hired Floyd's wife, Lovey. Already, his little family is wondering if he did the smart thing. Hey, Uncle's late for breakfast. We had a hard day at the office, Leroy. Miss Marjorie, I thought Mr. Gillsleeve wouldn't have to work so hard after he got some help. Well, I'm not so sure Mrs. Munson's going to be a help, Bertie. Now he's working twice as hard. <laughs> she sure is a talker. Oh, do you know her? I do now. I called the office yesterday and she answered the phone. Oh? I not only know her, I know about everybody else in town. And all I asked was what Mr. Gillsleeve wanted to send to the cleaners, and she had everybody else's laundry. <laughs> yeah? What's the dope, Bertie? Now, Leroy, we don't listen to gossip. Bertie, I didn't know Mrs. Munson gossiped. Oh, she didn't say it was gossip. She was just repeating what other people told her. Hey, Miss Marjorie, did you know that Miss Appanathy bought a new dishwasher uh, on the installment plan, and her husband made her send it back, and now she makes him do the dishes? No, really, Bertie, when did that happen? Oh, for corn's sake. We don't listen to gossip. Well, before I could find out when it happened, she started talking about something else. Miss Marge, you know what she calls Mr. Gillsleeve? What, Bertie? <laughs> she calls him T.P. T.P.? What does she think Uncle is, an Indian? That's <laughs> Rockmorton T. His initials, Leroy. Oh, oh yeah. Poor Unky. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Miss Good morning, Unky. Hi, T.P. Leroy. <laughs> Where'd you hear that? Oh, gossip. Uh, excuse me, I'll go get you breakfast. Unky, we understand Mrs. Munson calls you T.P. Well, yes. Do you call her Lovey? <laughs> no, Leroy. 
I call her Mrs. Munson, and I wish she'd call me Mr. Gildersleeve. Why don't you tell her, Unky? Well, she's not easily told. I'm afraid I made a slight mistake, children. I suppose I did hire on impulse, but my snap judgment has always been so good. Now your judgment's snapping back at you. (laughs) (laughs) But she may work out all right. She's giddy. She accomplished quite a little when she finally settled down. Oh, when was that? About a quarter of five. Mmm, looks good. Thank you, sir. And here's your coffee. Uncle, if Mrs. Munson is like you say she is, maybe she'll lose interest and quit. That's a pleasant prospect. Yeah, maybe some morning she won't show up. She has been offered other jobs. And water can interest a person only so long. Sure, I take a bath and then forget it. (laughs) Yes, sir. If I know Lovey, Mrs. Munson, she won't be with us long. She'll flit someplace else like a happy hummingbird. Miss Gillsleeve, there's a hummingbird outside. No? Isn't it a little early? Not for this one. It's Miss Munson. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Why is she coming by here? You! Anybody else? You! We're up, Mrs. Munson. Come in. She's already in. Stop by and take you to work, T.P. T.P. Leroy. Well, Mrs. Munson. Hello, Leroy. Hi. And Marjorie, how are you? I haven't seen you since you had the twins. You're looking just grand, honey. Oh, thank you. Hello, Bertie. Good morning, Miss Munson. Where's your handsome husband, Marjorie? Oh, he goes to work early. Why, T.P., you're still right in the middle of breakfast. Come on, let's get the waterworks going. Well, thanks for offering me the ride, but I'll be down a little later. Well, if you're not in any hurry, I may as well have a cup of coffee. Oh, excuse me, Mrs. Munson. Won't you join us? Oh, thank you, honey. Anything in the pot, Bertie? Yes, ma'am. I'll go get you a cup. Wonderful. Get two cups, will you, Bertie? Two? Floydie and I left home without breakfast again. Floydie! Turn off the motor, honey! Coffee! Mm, something has to be done about this. to get out of the office this morning? I had to, Petey. Did you hire Mrs. Munson? Yep. And it isn't working out. I never should have hired the wife of a friend. I should have taken your advice. I'm sorry. Thanks. Petey, I'm glad you're not the type who says I told you so. (laughs) You didn't give me a chance. (laughs) Petey, how am I going to get Lovey out of the office? I can't fire her. I don't want to hurt Floyd's feelings. I know. I wouldn't have hired his wife in the first place, but I didn't want Floyd to have to sell his barber shop. It's a delicate situation. A few years ago, I had a clerk I couldn't get rid of. You did? He was a great one for eating. He used to sample everything at the soda fountain. Ate up all the profit. How'd you get rid of him, Peavy? Well, I had a little private chat with his wife. I told her the reason he ate so much was because he worked too hard. Who? Of course, that was a little fib, Mr. Gildersleeve, but she made him quit the job. Yeah, that's an idea, Peavy. He didn't have any trouble finding other work, did he? Oh, no. He caught on at a machine shop, nuts and bolts. <laughs> I bet he isn't eating the profits now. Right, <laughs> George Peavy, why don't I talk to Floyd and tell him the job at the water department is too much for loving? 
Well, husbands don't like it when their wives work too hard, unless it's around the house. Peavy, this time I'm going to take your advice. My worries are over. Pope Floyd's in the shop. Yeah, there he is. Tilted back in his chair, reading a magazine. What a barber. Hello, Floyd. Huh? Oh, hi, Commish. What are you doing out this time of the morning? Now that you got Lovey running the office, you're a free man, huh? Not exactly, Floyd. You out reading meters? No. I walked over here because you're a friend of mine. And I have your interests at heart. Oh, yeah? What's up? Well, to tell you the truth, Floyd, I'm a little concerned about Lovey. Yeah, I mean your wife's health. No kidding. You rather mention it to your wife, Floyd. I thought I'd come to you. Oh, yeah? What's the trouble, Commish? Well, there's too much work at the office for her. I don't think she can stand the pressure. Are you kidding? Lovey's strong as a horse. That may be, Floyd, but everybody has a breaking point. Well, that ain't like Lovey. That kid's got an iron institution. (laughs) I don't doubt that. But there's so much work to do up there, if she ever does it. It'll endanger her health. It will, huh? She's developing nerves, Floyd. Nerves. Gee, that's funny. Lovey ain't never been the nervy type. She is now very nervy. You really think she's cracking, huh? I think she's already cracked. Huh? <laughs> that's probably why she goes out for so much coffee. No. In movie magazines. She's trying to escape all that work. But, Commiss, she's only been at the waterworks two days. Hardly long enough to get her feet wet. She might pull out of it. You're all right, Floyd. Don't say I didn't warn you. But if you don't care about Lovey... I love Lovey. Well, why don't you do something about it? Before she's a total wreck. Well, gee, it's a cinch. I don't want no wreck around the house. (laughs) I'll see if I can't handle it, Commish. Can you handle it today, please? Well, I'll be by before you close the office. Good for you, Floyd. Gee, I'm sorry the job's too much for Lovey. I even have envisions of her being the first woman water commissioner. Lovey? Yep, and who knows? From there, she might become one of them female business typhoons. <laughs> See you at the office, Floyd. And make it soon. Well, that duplicating machine should keep Lovey busy until Floyd gets here. It's 4.30 now. Do you want any more copies when I finish this batch, T.P.? Oh, almost finished, are you, Mrs. Munson? Sure, I'm rolling now. What's next? Well, you might take these water bills on my desk and put them in envelopes. Sure thing. Say, what's this you wrote on this bill? Oh, that's just a way of greeting new customers. Welcome into the fold, honey. Mrs. Munson, what's the idea? Well, when you're sending them bills to pay, you've got to be nice to them. Yeah, but... When you're billing, what's wrong with a little cooing? <laughs> <laughs> I hardly think the mayor would approve of being so chummy with the customers. I'll, I'll answer it. You're fine. Well, i find some more work for you. Water department, hello. Yeah, he's here, Mr. Mayor. You met Mayor And you're lucky to find him in. He's been out all day. Oop. <laughs> all right, sure. Sure, sure, I'll relay the message. Thanks for calling, kiddo. Kiddo. <laughs> Mrs. Bunsen, that was the mayor. I know it. Oh, well, Floyd will be here soon and take her away. What was the message, Mrs. Munson? 
Uh, oh, that's funny. I forgot. Oh, <laughs> yes, very funny. Now, now, what did you want me to do, T.P.? Uh, well, we still have to put the bills in the envelopes, but please, no greetings. Check. And there's filing to do and reports to check. Check. And letters to write. Right. Oh, brother. Hi, lovey. Hi, Commish. Floyd, am I glad to see you. I had a lot of wheels turning since I saw you, Commish. Good. I bet you came to take me out for a cup of coffee, Floydy. Wait, Mrs. Munson. I think Floyd has something to say. Yeah. I had to make a big decision, lovey. The Commish tells me there's too much work here for you. I only had your interest at heart, Mrs. Munson. (laughs) What's this all about? Come to the point, Floyd. We'll all try to take it big. Well, Commish... Since there's too much work for Lovey, I decided to take that offer I had for the barber shop. You sold your shop? Yep. And out of appreciation of all you've done, I'm coming down here to help you and Lovey out. Oh, <laughs> Lloyd, you're going to work here with me? Yep. Where you work, I work. You've been flying. Commish, Lovey and me are insufferable. <laughs> I'll say they are. What have I done to deserve this? The Great Gildersleeve will be with us again in just 30 seconds. The next time you need a main dish for a luncheon, how about serving a shrimp salad? And to make it really delicious, make it with Miracle Whip salad dressing. Get a jar of Miracle Whip from your grocer tomorrow and make all your salads better tasting than ever with America's favorite salad dressing, the one and only Miracle Whip salad dressing. What's the matter, Unc? You tired? Leroy, I'm exhausted. Dinner's on the table, Unky. Aren't you going to eat? Yeah, I don't think so. I just want to sit quietly and not hear any voices. I've had all I can take for one day. Mrs. Munson didn't leave then. No. No, I have Floyd in the office helping her. I have to get there early in the morning to have a place to sit. <laughs> well, relax, Unc. You can have it nice and quiet here. Yeah, I tore out of the office so fast tonight I forgot my hat. All I wanted was to get home. Poor Unky. Shall I get your slippers? Thank you, my dear. Oh, thank heavens a man can come home and find sanctuary. Hide from the world and all the trouble. You, J.P.! Oop, it's her. Gloria and I are here. You left your hat at the office. Trapped again. Good night, folks. The Great Gildersleeve is played by Willard Waterman. The show is written by John Elliott and Andy White. It is partially transcribed. Included in the cast are Walter Tetley, Mary Lee Robb, Lillian Randolph, Arthur Q. Bryan, Gail Bonney, and Dick Legrand. Music composed by Jack Meekin. This is John Heaston saying goodnight for the Kraft Foods Company, makers of those famous Kraft quality foods. Be sure to listen in next Wednesday and every Wednesday for the further developments in the life of the great Gildersleeve. Boy Scout Week begins today. This week, the Boy Scouts of America are celebrating their 42nd anniversary. More than ever before, men of good character are needed to serve as Cubmasters, Scoutmasters, and Explorer Advisors. 
Here's your chance to do something about curbing juvenile delinquency in your community. With more unit leaders, the Boy Scouts of America can enroll more boys in their program of training for good citizenship. During Boy Scout Week, offer your services. Volunteer to your local Boy Scout headquarters. Find out how you can help. Tonight, be sure to hear your humble host on NBC. <laughs> oh, yeah. I like this kind of happy music. Yeah, it goes with today's great Gildersleeve. I don't know, though. You know, Gildersleeve may not have been all that happy, but we were listening to that show. It was pretty funny with Mrs. Munson trying her best and sort of getting on everybody's nerves. Yeah. Well, that's what Gildersleeve, you know, he had to give it a try. He had to take a chance with, with lovey. And, uh, he, well, you can say that for him. He did take a chance with him, just as J.P. Morgan would advise. She'd say, Gildas Lee, take a chance. Yeah, like that. Take a chance, Gildy. Well, that was J.P. Morgan. She says take a chance, and 
And I think Gildas Lee was probably sorry he took J.P. Morgan's advice. He took a chance, all right. And, oh, Lovey Munson, she didn't quite work out. Now, I don't know what's going to happen in the future. Will Lovey Munson be back working again? Or did Gildas Lee, is he finally going to get up the gumption to say, Lovey Munson, your time is over. <laughs> We're going to find out, I suppose, if they get back to the Lovey Munson angle here of the great Gildas Sleeve. Well, friends, uh, that'll about do it for today's show, but you know I always like to include a bonus song. Now, I heard this song the other day when I was uh, listening to my music. Now, the funny thing is, I, I want to I play it for you just now. I couldn't find it in the playlist. What happened to it? Well, I, I did go. I, I did finally find it, but it wasn't where it was supposed to be. I don't know, maybe I hit the wrong button when I found it first time. I just heard it this past week, and that's what gave me the mind to play it for you as a bonus. Well, anyway, I found it again. That's what's important. The great Roy Orbison and the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra as they do their version of Love Hurts. Oh, this is nice. Roy Orbison, take it away. It does indeed, Roy. Love hurts. Song originally came out by the group Nazareth, and I'm glad Roy Orbison decided to do his version, and they later added the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra to the 
Roy Orbison version, so I think that was just beautiful. It really was. Nice job there. Hmm. Well, friends, uh, that's just going to have to do it for today's show. I was a little frustrated yesterday. I tell you, I went to the grocery store. I, I cut out two little coupons from the grocery store ad. Yeah, the grocery store ad comes out once a week, and they usually include these little coupons just for that store alone that takes some money off of certain products. Okay, I don't usually do it, but I decided I'm going to save a little money. I'm cutting out these two coupons. I went to the store. I bought my groceries. I paid for everything. I got home, and I said, what? I forgot to pull the coupons out of my pocket. And that's happened to me once before. I'm telling you, I don't like this whole idea where you got to cut out coupons for the grocery store and yeah, then you got to join a club for the grocery store and you got to get online and do your apps, which I don't do. Uh, you know, well, why can't, if the grocery store wants to put something on sale, just put it on sale. Why do they make the customers jump through a hundred hoops just to get the sale price? Oh, that's my pet peeve. That's my pet peeve for today. Uh, I just had to get it off my chest. <laughs> well, friends, by next time uh, we get together, hopefully my plumbing will finally be fixed. They're supposed to come out here early next week. Finally get the innards done. We'll find out if they do or not. Until then, I am your humble host saying so long for now. Thanks for listening. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody.